Nationally ranked academics and a 94% job placement rate are hallmarks of an Ohio Northern University education. Polar Preview Day is November 9th. Visit onu.edu for details. Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. What's up, Josh? Back in the studio today, huh? Oh, yeah. It's been a good week. How about you, man? It's been a great week. Uh, three three days in the studio in a row, man. It's almost like you can't get enough, right? Right, exactly. It's addicting. All of you that are not podcasting, you should be podcasting. Absolutely. But just don't be competition for us or we will find you. Right. Just kidding. You, you don't have to trust any of my threats. But uh, anyway, man, uh, today I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a lighter subject. Uh, how about uh, we discuss the modern church? All right. Uh, what about the modern church? I guess uh, let's for starters. Um, what's your experience growing up in church? So, I, so I uh, I had a buddy who uh, growing up was Mormon. So I, I did experience the Mormon church a couple of times, but I was uh, practicing Baptist. That's I, I was a Southern Baptist. I went to a Baptist church uh, growing up. I know when I was when I was when I was really young, I had a, a Hispanic babysitter. Okay, and so occasionally we'd go to Sunday church with her, but that was more of a Catholic style church at that point um but i don't really remember anything about that so most of my religious experience and church experience is on the baptist side of things okay what do you remember from the mormon church anything specific just curious honestly not really um i guess i was too young at the well my, my buddy was kind of a uh troublemaker to be honest with you so like we try and get out of it if we could so we were like skipping like like the sermons and stuff like that. So honestly, it wasn't really. You just sound like a sane person. I'm I'm just kidding for all but the yeah, no, Mormons um, out there. I, uh, it was one of those things. I, I really didn't get that much out of it. But um, I know I know I know their faith is is a lot different because they use the uh, was that the Book of Joseph or whatever it is. Or... That's the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Well, the Book of Mormon, which is uh, written by Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. That okay. So I was close. I, I had my facts a little off, but right. Um, but I don't know anything about that because I never read the book or was associated with it in any way, shape, or form. That's actually kind of funny because a couple years ago, I had the chance to speak with some young Mormon missionaries, and uh, they invited me to come to a Sunday service, which wasn't that far away from my apartment at the time there in Lincoln. And uh, I actually attended, and you know, it just, it really reminded me of like a really conservative Lutheran church, because I grew up in a very conservative Lutheran church, if anybody's okay. familiar with the Wells, because like most Lutheran churches you see here is part of ELCA, the ELCA. Um, but I grew up in a very small, almost, almost like the Roman Catholic of, uh, Lutheran churches, just not comparable in size to the Roman Catholic church. And, uh, the Mormon service actually reminded me a lot of it. It's just that there was like three different classes you took and it was like an hour each. So it was like a three hour ordeal. Oh, wow. Um, I remember, I do remember the Mormon church time, I guess, not, not really the sermon. Cause like I said, we skipped a lot of those, but, right. um, the actual like church time, the time that we were there was pretty substantial. Um, at least, you know, I was young. I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade when I went. Yeah. And it just felt like forever. Right. One thing I will say is that they were very kind. They, they, they are. They're very, very kind, kind religion. people. And I didn't even feel like it was the kind of kindness like, hey, you know, we're trying to convert you. It was just like a genuine uniform kindness. Like, yeah. And it was uh, it was cool. I I just I couldn't accept I guess the doctrine so to speak yeah. for, for the most part. Uh, some of it was very uh, broad. 
anything you'd hear really in, in another church. But then when they start diving into like content from the Book of Mormon, it starts to get a little bit mythological, or, you know, <laughs> mythological, whatever I want to say. Yeah. A little bit mystical, and I just I couldn't accept it. So uh, obviously, I didn't return. Oh but, no, ab- absolutely. But yeah, definitely. Uh, were you involved like any with any like church programs growing up, like maybe a Awanas or something, or like uh, any youth groups? Uh, I, I did. I did attend a youth group. Um, it was. It was. When was youth group? I, I want to say it wasn't the same time as church. No, I, no, I, it usually wasn't. It's usually like sometimes they have it like after school. I think. I think mine was like Wednesday nights. Yeah, at yeah. like seven or something like that. That sounds like the youth group time. And uh, honestly, I I actually really enjoyed it. I made a lot of friends. Um, our, the, the, the church that I remember the most when I was going through high school, um, like middle school into high school, uh, we didn't, we weren't a very big congregation. Our congregation was maybe 20 people. It was, it was really small. It was a church that, uh, our pastor had started and, uh, we, uh, we had moved several different buildings. We, uh, we'd started off at a VFW. That was our, where, where I first started going. That's where we went. And then we moved to, um, a school, my, my elementary school, actually, I wasn't going there at that point, but, um, we actually used that. We actually got access to that for, for our church sermons and, and whatnot. And that actually changed things a little bit. It, it felt more churchy. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd use the music room and the music had the, like the, um, like the, like the, the stages, like the steps. So that made it seem more churchy, uh, stuff like that. But I really enjoyed my time in church. Um, but I'm, I'm one of those people. It, I, do I believe that there's a higher, higher power? Of course. Um, but I, de- I don't think that you need to need to practice your faith in a congregation of people to be religious. Yeah, and many people would disagree with that, but I know what you're saying. At 95, they say 95% of people in the world believe that there's a higher power, that they believe in a god or gods. I mean, they believe in a higher power of some sort. Only 5% really walk around thinking that, you know, life is uh, nihilistic, it's meaningless. Yeah. So you're definitely in the majority there. Well, what was it about uh, your youth group and time in church that you really liked? Um, honestly, it was kind of, uh, I was bullied a lot in school. Okay. Um, especially middle school. So going to church kind of made me get out of the realm of of being bullied. I It was kind of that, that time that I could actually go and hang out with people and, and spend time with people that actually um, cared about me. You know, yeah. not, not, not that my parents didn't care about me, but... You know, it's different when when your parents care for you, but when you actually have a genuine um, our youth group leaders. um, Actually, I remember uh, their daughter and me were friends since we were really young and uh, I had no idea they actually attended this church. So I went and uh, they became our group, our youth group leaders. And it was kind of interesting because they were already kind of like a mother, like a mother and a father to me. So at that point, we uh, it was kind of like having that second shoulder to kind of cry on so to speak or or that second ear to listen to when when it's something you you didn't really feel comfortable talking to your parents about right and so i think it was just having that outlet to to go in and spend that time and not really worry about what what was going on you know tomorrow at school or what was you know what i had to look forward to or what i didn't have to look forward to for that matter you know i i it was school was miserable for me until i switched schools we'll just put it that way right you've mentioned that on other episodes too and so that that was kind of my like my outlet for that. No, that makes a lot of sense. It was almost like you were uh, being accepted into a community, exactly, and like a community where they were just a little bit nicer than what you were used to out in the out in the world. Yep. And uh, yeah, I definitely had a very similar experience to that. And when I was younger, I definitely enjoyed church and doing, uh, as you say, churchy things. I like that, by the way. <laughs> 
But uh, I guess uh, getting on to the topic, I want to know, uh, I- I'm going to assume, you know, as much time as I've known you, you don't a church, you, you don't attend church now, right? No. And neither do I. And I've noticed that trend in a lot of uh, young people our age and even older people, but I've also noticed that in a lot of men, you know, to break it yeah. down a little bit more. And I guess, uh, have you ever really thought about why you just stopped going? Um, I think part of that had to do with like how small our congregation was. We were like a, we were like a family. And for me, it was trying to find a congregation that had that same feel to it. Right. And not only that, there's something awkward when you show up for service on Sunday and you know, nobody there. Whereas like when I was introduced to this church, I knew the person that took us. It wasn't my parents. It was actually a friend of my dad's who was, uh, helping my dad remodel the house. He's the one that actually took us to church and he'd come pick us up on Sundays. And then my mom actually started attending church with us, which was really cool. Um, but, and, and, and I, I guess I forgot to mention this, but so I went through basic training back in 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. And I actually did attend church while I was at basic training. Um, they had a sermon every or church time every Sunday. And um, I actually, it kind of made me get re like kind of get re in touch with my faith mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And I kind of realized how much I actually missed it being being around and just having that sense of tranquility, I guess. But I don't know why, like when I came back from basic training in AIT, I don't know why I didn't continue, you know, going there. I think it's just because there it was a little more comfortable because like like you knew the people you were going with because you, right. you, you were all in basic training together, right? Right. Not only that, it was it was a way to get away from the drill sergeants and kind of that relaxation time for that one hour on Sundays. But um I feel like, uh, like it was just, it was kind of like an in the moment kind of thing, but I've never really lost touch like with my faith. Right. It was just, it was more convenient to go to go to chapel or to a devotion while you were there. Plus, you know, you're with your, your brothers and your sisters and you know, yeah. So yeah, no, I can definitely see how it's different. And honestly, I think, uh, a big part of it for me was definitely, it was just a, a lot of it was a convenience thing. But a lot of it, too, is is that uh, I do have my own criticism with the church. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, w- when I look into the church today, I, I see I see a lot of flaws. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have any particular criticism of the church before I start listing off mine? Well, considering that I haven't really been into, that I haven't really been uh, in church in ages it seems like i can't really give you any really good criticism about it aside from the fact that um i feel like uh they're probably not um honestly man i don't even know to be honest with you like i can't can't think of anything at the moment no it, no but if you do think of it you know further in the episode just uh, let me know but uh definitely one thing that i've noticed about the modern church and and what the pretty much all of them hands down uh that i've ever attended and i've attended a lot of them Mm -hmm. just you know hanging out with different people uh maybe i was with a girlfriend for a while and she went to a particular church so i always went with her is that um you definitely see a lot of secularism you know a lot of secular ideas have seeped into the churches secular yeah secular to define to our listeners is worldly it has nothing to do with a god or a higher power it's mm-hmm. everything that that's just worldly so like a lot of ideas like um a lot of churches will teach stuff like social justice really yes hmm 
almost like a social gospel. You've actually heard uh, people like Al Sharpton, yeah. if you're familiar with him. Yeah. He's a reverend. And uh, to me, you know, reverend means, you know, you're a Catholic, you're a Christian. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, he is told that he, he actually preaches a social gospel. And it's like when you look through uh, the, the religious text of Christianity, which is uh, the Bible, mm-hmm. you don't see anything about a social gospel. No, that's a very made up term and it's very secular. That's interesting. Right. And so I've definitely seen a lot of uh, social uh, movements seeped into the church. A lot of this, you know, accepting and tolerance. And again, tolerance is a very secular word. It's not a religious word at all. Yeah, uh, I see that. Huh. Interesting. Well, and the only reason I have a big problem with it is is because you've definitely probably seen this. I think we all have. You'll see somebody who's a very strong, devout Christian, and then some atheist or agnostic fuck comes around, comes along, and they'll and they will uh, throw an Old Testament verse, usually maybe something out of Exodus or Leviticus about like selling your daughter into prostitution, or they'll talk about some of the wars that went on in the Old Testament where God yeah. commanded his followers to to you know wipe out this village, like kill every man, woman, and child. And this Christian has no idea like how to answer that, like yeah. because they grew up going to a church that talked about an all-loving God. And they're like, well, why is your God telling his soldiers to, like, wipe out this entire civilization? And they have no answer for it because they've been taught that God's this big, tolerant fluffball. Yeah, and honestly, if you've ever read the Bible, and I haven't read the entire Bible, but I've read read excerpts and in in different... um, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Just different, like, uh, lines from the Bible... But there's a lot of oh, different verses. Verses. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, brain, brain farting. It's okay. You, you don't go to church, so. <laughs> but um, no, we uh, one of the things that we that 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 isn't discussed quite quite often enough, and I think I don't know if that's for the kids' sake, is how ma- how much war is actually in the Bible. I mean, if you if you know the story of David and Goliath, it's probably one of the most popular stories in the Bible. Like David killed Goliath. Right. Like killed him. Like it. No, he didn't injure him. No, he killed him. Right. And, and I mean, that that right there, I mean, you know, if if, if, you, if you're very religious, I, I don't want to offend you. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like God was was not uh, he, he there, there. There was a time when killing somebody made sense. Well, and, and just for the record, David didn't just kill him. I mean, he bashed his head in with the rock and then uh, uh, cut off his head. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's, right. it's it's very I mean, uh, who was it that that was in the pit with the lines that? uh daniel i believe yeah so i mean like there there's there's a lot of trials and tribulations that occurred in the bible where where people were killed and yeah i understand that like going back that far like 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 we talked about yesterday war is always uh war is always happening you know it'll always happen it'll never stop but it it does date back all the way before christ right so do you feel like this is something that the modern church has just ignored or pretended like wasn't you know didn't happen i think it's something that maybe the modern church is trying to yes avoid to 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 fill a certain agenda and to me that is completely is the completely the wrong way to go about it oh absolutely because when these questions come up i mean of course they're always coming up usually in in a malicious way it's a way to kind of corner you and trap you you know to convince you that your faith means nothing or that you don't know anything about it but in a way they're actually kind of right when they do it because yeah, these believers, the, these Christians don't know. Yeah, uh, they, they don't know how to answer that because yeah. they were never they were never taught that. No, and and I mean, you know, I guess like uh, 
there's I remember one inst- instance we were walking, me and my brother were walking home. So my dad owned a business right there in the neighborhood we lived in. Mm. And we were walking home and there were, and one of the, one of the kids that bullied me lived like two blocks down from me. So we were walking home from my dad's shop, whatever. And he was out there with a bunch of his buddies I knew from school. And one of them just flat out punched my brother in the face. All right. We were just walking, whatever. Somebody said something. My brother, my brother had, my, my brother gets heated pretty, he pretty quick. Mm-hmm. He's got a very short fuse. And on and my brother didn't didn't do anything. He just kind of stepped up to him, and um, this kid just flat out punched my brother in the face. And it was kind of funny because my brother didn't do anything, and I was surprised, you know, because my 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 brother punched me, you know, kicked me, you know, that sibling rivalry shit, right. you know, over dumb shit. This dude flat out punched him in the face. So we walked away, and we went to church that Sunday, and we were telling this story about it. And there was actually a guy there from the, uh, is it the Gideons that put the, the Bible? Yeah. In? Yeah. So there was actually a guy from the, from the Gideons association or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. That was, that was there at that time. And, um, we, uh, we were telling this story and he's like, he goes, he goes, you know what? That's great because you know what God teaches us that we shouldn't be violent. And then as you get older, you learn how much war and bloodshed was actually in the Bible. It's like, it's like, does, you know, it's kind of almost, a uh, contradiction con, con, yeah contradictive it's a major contradiction and, and and that and that was the thing is like as i got older and that's kind of i think one reason why i kind of stopped going to church was because what i was being taught in church was all the lovey-dovey side of the bible right and you don't hear about the actual like the bad parts of the bible right and uh, unfortunately it's kind of it kind of sucks because we're raised to think that violence is a bad thing which violence isn't great i'm not telling you to go out and beat a bunch of people but there's certain times in your life when violence is needed. It's it's an unavoidable fact of nature. It's inevitable. It's it's, it's inevitable. You I mean you're going to come face to face with it at some time. And if you don't, if you've lived a life and violence free, then that's pretty damn privileged. A- absolutely, that, that's very yeah. blessed in my book. Oh no, and, and that's just it. Is like like uh, and and do I believe that enough people aren't aren't maybe seeing maybe seen in the church? Probably because the one thing that church did teach me was morals. Right. And how to be a good person. Right. You know, but it didn't necessarily teach me how to handle bad people. No, if it that didn't. makes sense. It really didn't. I mean, uh, they talked about Satan and like uh, some churches talked a lot about Satan and demons and like how to like spiritual warfare type thing. But it's like um, when I worked in corrections, it's like. You know, how much of the spiritual warfare is going to, you know, save me during a staff assault? It's like, you know, I, I need to get physical at that point. Exactly. And, and that's something that you really don't learn in the church. You don't learn how to be a warrior. And it's interesting when you look at a lot of characters, especially in the Old Testament and even some in the New Testament, you do see a lot of warriors yeah, who you inspire do. those stories. But uh, you just you don't really get that in the church anymore. It's all no. this lovey-dovey uh, circle jerk, and it's like I'm just I'm not into it. I'm not buying it. No, and and like like we stated earlier, it's just it's it's more like it's there to fill an agenda for said whatever, and uh, it's 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 come down to like people don't know how to process evil, and the, and and the thing is is like and, the, and that's what what happens when when people step out of the church, and and you kind of mentioned before we sat down to talk about um how less less and less people every year are attending church and the thing is is in church we're not taught how to face evil even though evil exists and it talks about evil it talks about how how there will always that there's always evil in the world and that's why when things like mass shootings happen or people get killed or like people freak out because they don't know how to deal because that is nothing but pure evil 
Right. And people don't know how to deal with that. And that also comes from just being raised on the aspect of like, you know, telling your kids that, oh, we don't need violence. We don't need this. Well, violence is going to happen. And yes, you don't need to be an act of violence, but you need to know how to react to violence. Right. I mean, I, I was always taught violence is just like, it's just like any other uh, a characteristic a human can have or an action that a human can have. It's all about how you use it. I mean, um, so some of the most lethal men that I've ever met are some of the most well-behaved guys that I've ever met. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I met some of these guys in corrections, and some of these guys had very long military careers. I mean, these guys are the type of guys that could kill you with their hands, like, yep. in a matter of under 10 seconds easily. And, you know, these guys were very well-behaved, but they were very, they had a very undertone, they had violence in their back pocket. Oh, yeah. It's it's like my, my, my grandfather, my mom's stepdad. He's a retired Green Beret. Right. Like, Perfect example. And you would never like meet like meeting him. You would never know this about him because he he's the most goofiest motherfucker you'd ever meet in your life. And and he he's one of those guys that he tells jokes that aren't really that good, but it makes him laugh. So him laughing makes you laugh. Right. He's one of those kind of guys. And um, it, it was it was always a blast growing up with him. But I didn't know till probably 10 years after he married my grandma that he was that he used to be in, in the special forces. No idea. And. So it's 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 one of those things is like you like there's people out there walking among us that you don't know. Like uh, one of the girl, one, one of the sergeants in my unit. Well, was in my unit. She's a black belt, mm-hmm. but she's like five, three, like right. 130 pounds. Like you would never know that she has what she has in her back pocket. And well, that's getting into American martial arts, and that's a whole nother. Uh, but I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, like, like you're talking about, you're talking about people who have who have violence in their back pocket. That's right. or not violence, but no, you know, I know what lethal you're force, so right. to speak. Exactly, and you know, I bet you that that guy that you knew who was the Green Beret, he was a uh, he was a goofy guy, easy to get along with, but you wouldn't uh, like him when he was angry. You know, no, like, absolutely, like the Hulk. Yeah, exactly, uh, and and <laughs> and uh, he's it was just it was crazy, dude. But on the flip side, you have violent men, and these are you know the wolves of the human of the human species. You know, these are like your gang members. These are your terrorists. These yeah. are these are rogue soldiers or politicians or, or not really politicians, but guys who use violence to prey on weaker people yeah because they can and uh the only people that are there to stop these guys are those violent men that we just talked about those those violent men that know how to conduct themselves in day-to-day life and are very disciplined yeah it's something that i think you know even guys like you and me strive to be yeah we strive to be those guys um but you know it is what it is but talking about the new church and getting back kind of back to topic here not that we're really off topic but getting back to 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 what we're talking about i think that like you said it's more of a a, like a social uh social religion now and i think that that just comes like they're trying to incorporate things like social media into that and they're trying to incorporate you know trends and things of that nature into what whatever they're talking about but you can't do that in, in 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 the house of faith because it doesn't go hand in hand like yes is there is there bad like uh temptation out there of course it's it's always been there right but we're not but when we start moving away from what the what the core root and found foundations of the church were and what they were founded on it it you kind of at that point void your purpose right uh that, that's another i mean moving on with the church it's like it just it doesn't seem to set up its members for reality Absolutely. Especially it, kids growing up in the church. A, a lot of kids who grew up in the church, uh, 
especially if they stay in the church, a lot of them, you know, are very sheltered. Yep. They uh, they don't know how to deal with, uh, you know, like you said, evil people, and you you can tell. You can usually pick out that kid that yep. was uh, that grew up in the church and stayed in it, and and all that. Yeah. Um. My my brother's wife was actually. Uh, I don't know if she if it was a church thing that she did, but she was homeschooled growing up. And that was kind of the same thing because she was led to believe a lot of different things. Now she's Republican. So, I mean, it couldn't have been all bad, but, uh, <laughs> but that's debatable. She was, she was led to believe, uh, you know, certain things. And that's even, I honestly, I think that sometimes that's even worse than the church itself because you don't get that outside influence. And when those people don't have that, that, um, public inf- influence on, on, on on their life right when 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 they go out and they do their own thing they don't know how, like you said they don't know how to handle it yeah, they're, they're yeah. raised very sheltered they're raised very just not not the way that that people should be raised right well i mean people should be raised that's a very relative term but i know what you're saying they do have a hard time out in the world yeah yeah you know and when and when, when shit hits the fan they don't know what to do right because they were never taught to uh they were always taught to avoid or to suppress yep and uh it's kind of funny because uh, Joe Rogan talk, talks on his uh, episode with uh, Jocko uh, Willink about uh, how the struggle, how people have to struggle. And the thing is, is is uh, Christopher Titus, he's a comedian. If you guys don't know who he is, you guys should look him up. He's pretty funny. He talks about um, <laughs> uh, he, he grew up in a really like hard, ho- like hard household. Like his dad was really tough on him, stuff like that, whatever. He was raised pretty rough, but uh, he... Uh, he, he in one of his in one of his bits he talks about um, how crazy people when shit hits the fan we know to move out of the way, and people who've never like dealt with that kind of that kind of like stress or that kind of a, a of a situation they just kind of stand there because they don't know what to do. Oh right, yeah. Like if 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 you were in the hood and somebody shoots off a gun, you're gonna see people diving behind trash cans, you know, uh, ducking, you know, behind cars. But yeah, you go shoot uh, a gun off in a rich, vibrant white neighborhood, you're gonna see people just stand around like what what like, like what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, because they're not raised around that. And I feel exactly. like I feel like that's where the church fails is they don't they don't prep people for the evil that exists in the world because it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some of the worst crime in the United States. We really do. You know, I mean, how many how many murders are there in Omaha? Average a month. Uh, usually a couple, usually a couple to four. Yeah, exactly. That's about what they average. That's a month. Now that's Omaha. For those of you who don't know who what what Omaha is, like it's it's a it's a big city in Nebraska, obviously. But like when that that's four murders in Omaha per say per month, and it could be more. Honestly, I, I didn't look. Sometimes I, it's more, but usually they average about thirty six to sixty a year. Yeah. Okay. Now think of places like Chicago, Detroit, New York, L.A. Oh yeah, Chicago easily tops over seven hundred every year. Easily on their worst year, yeah, they close. They they get close to a grand. Yeah, that's that that's that's people don't like the church doesn't talk about evil in that sense. They talk about evil as in like sins, mythical, like Like, kind of like yeah, mythical and then sins. Like you shouldn't get tattoos. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't shouldn't you shouldn't have sex before marriage. Like. I'm sorry, and this could just be me talking, in my opinion. Obviously, it's my opinion, but yes, um, I think there's a lot of other things that we need to worry about other than those simplistic ideals that would that at one point would have made sense in the in the 15th, 16th century. Okay, having sex out of wedlock, whatever, great, you know. I mean, but in today's world, like those simplistic ideas, 
need to be and and this is I, I blame this more on not necessarily the church but but the person giving the sermon those simplistic ideals need to need to be uh, elaborated on and, and put more towards modern ideals so you're basically saying the church needs to evolve and change not necessarily evolve and change but take the scripture that they're reading and and take that 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 evil that 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 the Bible talks about and put it into modern day terms for these guys, these young kids that are going to be in the world in the next 15 to 20 years and make them understand that, yeah, we don't have people out there shooting people with bows and arrows and stabbing people anymore. Like people are getting shot in the streets, you know, that it does exist. And, and youth groups need to, need to start just need to start training their young adults on how to be ready to face this if they come across it. And they need to teach them how to bring back the bow and arrow because that was a great weapon. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding. But uh, no, I, I see what you're saying. They need to make it more relatable. It, yeah, and relatable. I, and I, 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 I honestly think a lot of churches try because a lot of sermons that I have attended, they've tried to make it very relatable. You know, they've talked about like if Jesus was alive today, you know, he'd be a superstar on Twitter and this is what he'd say and this is the reactions he'd get. And, you know, it's like it's kind of really lame and kind of cringy. I just think they really have a hard time doing it. It's, it's a lot of trouble. And I, honestly, I don't know how to tell them to make it more relatable. I guess I, I would just tell them to, to just keep it simple and just tell it how it is. But I definitely don't think that that like putting Jesus on the pedestal of like being a Twitter star, like. That's, it doesn't seem appropriate. Yeah, it really doesn't seem to fit fit what 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 you're trying to like the message you're trying to get across. Because honestly, if you want to talk about some of the most uh, worst influence right now in in the world, it's social media. All right, and that's that's just my opinion. But I mean, to make it relatable, I mean, you don't need to rewrite the Bible, but do a little bit more like thought into like the way that you that you deliver your message. Um. In the in the aspect of like how like when you when you look at a situation how can you make it relatable, like like think of an example that you can that, that you can pull out of the news or out of you know in the past five years you know because there's situations you know there, there's there's breaking news every day, but find find something in the last like, you know two years or something that makes it relatable, and then use that and make that part of your sermon so people get a better understanding as to what the like to, to to your message right and honestly i think a lot of them try but the problem is there's a lot of topics that they want to avoid talking about and yeah. they have a lot of red tape you see this in in a lot of corporations but you see it in churches too just community yeah. churches yeah the red the red the whole red tape thing is is kind of kind of dumb in itself well, and you're going to find red tape everywhere. One reason why I wanted to talk about this particular subject today is, is because talking about church or religion or anything is very hard to do even out in the world. Yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about it in a very critical sense. Yeah. People, like, when you start bringing up religion, you can just feel the tension moving in, in, you know, in the room, especially for somebody who is not enthusiastic about religion at all. Yeah. And so... I kind of wanted to talk about it because this is a very hard topic to talk about, and you don't hear too many podcasts talking about it in kind of the sense that we are, where we're kind of breaking it down, dissecting it. We have a little experience in the church. We're not really pro or con, but we're kind of just talking about our observations. You don't hear a lot of that. No, you don't. It's always either coming from a very religious podcast promoting their religion and giving sermons, or it's coming from like an atheist or an agnostic that's criticizing religion. Exactly. And honestly, like... Like I believe people should believe whatever you know have have you know believe whatever they they want to believe, you know because at least you're believing in something, you know there's people out there that struggle every day to to find something to 
motivate them and get them up off the couch right and at least if you're if if you if you if you're practicing your faith at least at least you're one step ahead of those people right so i i guess i guess like like when it comes like like the modern church today isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's just we need to get away from and in and this goes for all realms of everything uh where where you have influence on people we need to get away from using that influence to fuel a social agenda because right. it's not or a financial agenda really yeah that too i because mean because i think that's honestly been a big part of you see, uh, when you see the exodus of like the modern church and when i say modern church i'm not just talking about roman catholics i'm talking about all of them yep. all denominations all the protestants uh, you know so i think uh, a big part of it is you see the hypocrisy you see the sex scandals yep. i mean the catholic church i mean uh, a priest that molests kids, it's not, most of them don't, but yeah. there's been enough of them to where they've become the butt of the joke. Excuse, you know, my, uh, my pun there, but yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and we see, and, and it's not even like, and, and it's becoming more and more prevalent, I guess, like. Well, I, I just saw an, an infomercial. It was basically like one of those ads, like from a, from a law firm, and it was talking about uh, if you were molested or sexually preyed upon by a Catholic priest, uh, no matter how long ago it was, call us and we'll see if the statute of limitations uh, apply to you. Because oh, wow. I, I guess they just passed a law where they extended the statutes of limitations on that. And so I, I, I thought it was a really, I thought it was kind of humorous. I mean, obviously because I wasn't molested, but at the same time, I was like, that's that's kind of sad. That, that, that yeah. they that they have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just kind of that's that's just kind of it's kind of one of those stranger than fiction things. I was like, I never would have thought I would have seen an info, like a, little, in, yeah. like a little infomercial like that. That is that is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I guess I guess one of the biggest the biggest ones would be Joel Olstein. I'm sure you know. Oh who that man, is. yeah, uh, Joel Olstein's definitely somebody that uh, we should uh, talk about real quick. But. Uh, it was when Hurricane. Remember when Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, and he right. For he, for those of you who don't know, Joel Osteen uh, runs one of the biggest congregations in the country. He runs a church, I believe it's called Lakewood, out of Houston, Texas, and they pretty much converted a whole. Uh, it was like a, it was a, 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 it was like a stadium. Yeah, it was a stadium into the church. I mean, the church is huge. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's not the biggest congregation, but it's up there. Yeah, it's one of the biggest in the country. Oh yeah, it's and, unbelievably um, huge. And the dude has profited a lot from writing books. Yes. I mean, every time he comes, he comes out with a book, it seems like every month and then he promotes it to his congregation. And so, yeah, he yep. gets sales. Yep. And, uh, and that was one of the things is like, you know, if we talk about God being fluffy and, um, you know, lovey dovey and stuff, it's kind of, it kind of makes you wonder because when Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, that, that it really hit Joel Olstein really hard because he did not let his church be used for people that were, uh, affected by the flooding. Right. And it, don't you think that that would kind of go against like your whole well, uh, message? Yeah. Your whole message to your congregation, like love one another as, 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 as though that, you know, as, as your friend or whatever. Well, yeah, it definitely put a horrible image on his PR as it should have. Yeah. Absolutely. He, here, here you, you have a giant space. Most of us don't have a giant space yeah, like that. Exactly. And he didn't let in uh, people uh, who really needed it for whatever reason. My guess was he just didn't want them messing up his, his church. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Which they're going to do because people are filthy. That's just how it is. Yeah. And so that was one of those things is like that kind of, 
that kind of made me lose faith in the church a little bit, to be honest with you, because like he had the opportunity to really push his PR. Yeah. And he did exactly the complete opposite. I thought eventually after all the, the media storm happened, I thought he gave in and then eventually started letting people come in. He did. But yeah. by that time it was already, yeah, like, the yeah, damage was done. You yeah. might as well have just not done that. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, if, if you're looking out for your image, if you really do care and you saw that you were doing wrong, then, you know, kudos to you. But I don't think that's what it was. I don't either. I think it was. I think he was trying to reverse the PR damage that happened. And I think part of that might have been because uh, if I if I had been personally if I had been a part of that congregation and I'd seen that I'd have been like bro be like I'm I'm finding a new church I'm sure some of them did yeah because I mean because if if I would have been a member of that congregation and been stranded by that flood yeah like I would have been like honestly I would have been mad right because that was one of the things growing up in church is like is like at least my church man if you ever needed a place to stay you ever needed anything the church went out of the way to help you find it. And that way, and, and that was just, it was just that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think when a lot of people think of like church and religion, that's kind of the things that kind of come to mind that, that selfless act, you know, people, they, they expect people that are in churches to be selfless. Right. And, and they're not wrong. I mean, technically, yeah, you could be, yeah. but, um, you know, it kind of goes with that, uh, you know, lower your expectations. You'll never be disappointed. But at the same time, you know, that was that was always the one thing that that kind of fueled me to be a better person was was having those ideals and morals to be raised on was, you know, help help out, help somebody out when they need help, you know. And I think that that's where where he messed up was he really kind of took that message and just kind of like threw it out the window at that point in time. Right. At a very critical time. Exactly. Because, yeah, you want churches to be selfless. That's what people expect them to be. Even, you know, they may or may not be. But, yeah, you don't want people to take advantage of them. But, yeah, during a crisis like that, that was a pretty clear cut situation. And, you know, that that's one of the situations where it's like, yeah, as a church, you better step up and do something. Yeah. And, um I mean, look at look at when when uh, Nebraska flooded this earlier this year. They, it wasn't just churches; it was schools. Oh yeah, like everybody was opening their doors. I I offered people who had been affected that I knew personally. Um, I I knew uh people that I that I knew personally. I'm like, hey, if you need a place to crash, I got a couch, I got an extra room. You just let me know, you know, because we we didn't get affected by it, but people we worked with did. Yep. And I and, and that was one of those things. Is like you don't have to go to church to be a good person. No, you don't. You don't you don't even have to be a religious person to be a good person. Exactly. And I think I think most people know this. Yeah, and that's and and we need to get back on that subject uh where the church is, you know, churches need to get back on that and and stop worrying about so much of the social aspect of it and just teach people to be good people. Right. So, but you know, good people again can be a relative term. Yeah, what defines a good person? Yeah, you're right. So, but yeah, you know, the, the whole point is none of this is easy. And no. This is just observations that I've seen. I, I've given, you know, my excuses why I don't attend church anymore. Yeah, me too. And you have too. Uh, we both took away, I think, some good morals from the church and being a part of that community. I think, I think, I think it's a good idea for everybody at some point to attend a sermon. And even if you don't listen, even if you, if, if you take nothing away from the sermon, Take something away from the people that attend the church because some of those people are going to be some of the nicest people you ever met and they will give you the shirt off, off their back, even though they don't know you. Yes. 
because that's the kind of people they are. That's you know, and you can't say that for all of them. I, no. I will say there's been many people scorned by ver- by many churches, yeah, and their members. But yeah, definitely um, in those in, in some of these churches, you will find some of the uh, the best people that you'll ever meet. Yep. But you know, you can find people like that in other places too. But yeah, um, th- I guess the thing that makes me kind of uh, depressed about the whole modern church kind of declining and stuff is because like you know back in our grandparents days which obviously we don't live in those days anymore it, it kind of uh like we'll say like a town like fremont here it really brought the community together yeah you know you had these different churches and you know it really kind of kept the community in close ties you know outside yep. of outside of politics and outside of the school system yep. and uh that was good i felt like the community was stronger you know today you just you don't have that as much as yeah. as numbers decline and I think we are seeing a little bit of an effect of that when the community's not tied together in other ways other than politics. Yep. Absolutely, man. Yeah, but uh, I think that's enough for uh, today. That's yeah. A, uh, good discussion. Again, if you guys have anything you guys want to add to it or want us to talk about or or uh, even just, just a, a general topic and you know that, that you guys want to hear, uh, remember you can... Get a hold of us at uh, MidwestMyMelt at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page, too. Yeah, at Midwest My Melt. We do have a YouTube channel now. Um, so, obviously, if you're watching this video, subscribe, because we're going to have more videos out like this that are going to be touching on subjects like these that, that, I don't know, maybe you'll take something away from it, but I know I did. So. And if you don't, then um, just uh, go go eat your bacon, you filthy infidel. You guys have a good week. Ribinga! <laughs>